a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a rock. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this very special episode, we have Kathy Trin joining us. Now, Kathy is an award-winning global humanitarian, as well as an author of two books, which we do talk about, and also her wonderful podcast, Stay Unmuted. All of the ways, of course, to find her guys located down in the show notes. Y'all are really going to enjoy this conversation. She is fascinating. We talk about her personal growth and insights, as well as her spiritual journey, uh, the definition of self-actualization as well as limitless possibilities and it's just a phenomenal conversation so again guys all the ways to find her located down in the show notes as well down there is going to be our resource links now there are a couple new ones that we've added to along with food forest and opus which is red circle so if you want to start your own podcast we have just recently switched hosting over to red circle highly highly recommend them so definitely check that link out as well the manifestors guide guys check that thing out down there there's a promo code that gives you 10 percent off just type in expanding reality all caps no spaces as well as that is a special link for you the listener of this show that gives you a great discount on top of that so check those out in the show notes while you're down there look at expandingrealitypodcast.com that is going to be links to all of the socials all the lives are replayed there too hot for youtube's up in there as well as the merchandise can be linked and found from there also but while you're over there definitely sign up to become an expansive insider. If you go on the front page of the website, there's a light box that pops up that will give you 10% off. So go check that thing out. That's where all the bonus episodes are, our expanded panel series that we're doing, as well as all the cool collaborations. There's tons of content over there, guys. So go check that out for sure. All right. So let's get to this incredible conversation without any further ado, Kathy Trin award-winning global humanitarian author podcaster you just seem to do it all so we're going to cover most of that tonight i hope uh so if you don't mind for my audience that's not super familiar with you will you just introduce yourself for us yes brandon well i'm really excited to be on this conversation with you today thank you for the invitation um for those of who uh, do not know me uh, my name is kathy trin i'm based out here in sunny southern california um i just a, a couple of background and statistics i'm 44 years old i have a 13 year old son i am a single mother and um yes i am a global humanitarian i just won an award uh back in um uh, back or last month, last month for the Asian woman peace communicator. And that's, that's what I won the award for. And um, I can't wait to expand on that. Um, but I have also written two books as well. So my first book was called um, The Journey. It's Mastering the Art of Slowing Down into a Beautiful Existence. Um, I do run uh, an executive search firm as well, so I'm very well connected to a lot of um, a lot of very high level professional CEOs and CFOs as well. So that's my day job. Um, 
what I love to do on, you know, behind the scenes and after hours is to help my community um, in every way possible, because I do come from a place of um, from the recovery space. And um, that's where I found myself. Um, that's why uh, that's where I found um, a lot of self-discovery um, of, of who I am today. And and I'd love to expand on that as well. So that's a little bit about me. I love it. And this is wonderful. Yeah, it's a great way to kick it off. And thank you. You know, I always thought the term global humanitarian was pretty interesting because if you're a humanitarian, it should be global, right? It's a little redundant, you know, kind of like assless chaps, like they're just all like that. And so, the, of course, the fact that you are a global humanitarian, like that delineates you from anybody who's just doing local work in their community solely, which I definitely want to talk to you about because that's a very interesting thing to me. So with your work in global humanitarianism, like what does that look like for you? What's your focus? with that let me i'll i guess i'll take a, a step back and give you a little bit of background on why i do the things that i do today for the communities that i do it for um so when i was a little girl um we my my teenage parents and i we escaped vietnam um our country was essentially it was destroyed and it was taken over um, by the communist regime and we were forced to flee our country. Um, you know, we our boat was lost at sea for seven days and we were discovered in the middle of the ocean for, um, you know, by a U.S. Navy ship. And and so from from an Indonesian refugee camp, we stayed there for about a year. We went to Orange County of all places. So, you know, I grew up in the O.C. <laughs> of all places. Um, I did have a lot of trials and a lot of um, a lot of little mini traumas that added up um, where I, I had to seek help um, by the age of 22 years old. I, I would consider it as my first rock bottom. You know, I, I dabbled into a lot of drugs and alcohol and and I just I lost my spirit. I lost my soul. My my parents could not recognize who I was anymore. You know, I was just like a lost soul um, from from that point on. I have been what we call, um, you know, in recovery, we, we call it trudging, trudging the road of happy destiny. And so it's, it's trying to find peace, trying to find happiness. Um, but, but <clears throat> where I found the peace was like, the, I found the peace within myself. You know, I was always seeking self-sovereignty in other people um, or just, just seeking, um, you know, protection and safety and care from outside, um, you know, it, very expansive thinking from outside uh, forces, but um, but I, I found it within myself, and there was just a lot of legwork that I had to do to get me to where I am. But along the way, um, within the past twenty years, I have met a lot of people, um, a lot of people in the non on the nonprofit space, a lot of um, addicts in recovery as well, people that have uh, grown and expanded and learned and and have given back for what we have been freely given, which is the freedoms of self. So, um, you know, I, I do a lot of this work and I do it from my, my heart, you know, I do it from my love and my, and love and service. That's our code. That's our moral code. And, um, and so, uh, you know, with, with, from a global humanitarian standpoint, um, you know, because I have been trudging this road of happy destiny in, in this space, um, I, I, I don't have what a lot of 
what a lot of the things that we see right now on in society, a lot of the hate crimes and all of that, I've never been discriminated against. So it's hard for me to really talk about hate, you know, because I believe that anything, you know, anything that's against anything else is still war, an act of war. So, um, you know, I, I do communicate peace. And that's it. Um, it resonated with a, a very large group in Georgia um, over on the East Coast. Um, and when they heard about my story, they asked and invited me out there. We've had multiple conversations on what what brings me the most joy and how I can help um, to communicate this piece across across the globe um, so that we can just um, you know just remove I guess Asian hate crimes or whatever the whatever the case was but but that's um, from a global humanitarian standpoint that's that's the message that I want to give to the world. Um, and and a lot of people, it resonates with a lot of people because they just don't understand why I don't have the language, you know, to jump on other podcasts to talk about discrimination because I've never been discriminated against. Yeah, but I mean, it's definitely out there. I mean, and we know this and, you know, what's, what's horrible about this is, you know, it's much more of a societal and learned thing, right? And I've, you know, uh, kind of got the perception that it's kind of engineered that way to kind of keep self really, really divided as in, in as much as many ridiculous ways as possible. But you and I share a global humanitarian um, effort here. We both give people back to themselves. That's one of my biggest mm -hmm. missions here. And so uh, to hear somebody else do it in the way that you do and how you've niched into a community that really needs the voice, uh, that, that's a beautiful thing. So what gives you hope? Like what, what gets you out of bed in the morning, keeps you moving forward? Like, what do you look forward to? Um, so one of my missions in life is to transform people's lives because my life has been transformed. And I, I, I like, and I keep referring back to this piece. It's like, I, everywhere I look and everywhere I go, you know, I wake up with this sense of, there's no anxiety anymore. Like I, I don't have anxiety. I have no worries. You know, I just, I feel like I've, I live in a very, um, in a very Zen space nowadays, you know, in my life. Um, so to, to, uh, to transform people's lives, um, by changing at least 10,000 people's lives, um, and then inspiring others so that they can learn how to inspire and change other people's lives. So that's really what, what my hope is. I, if I can just get the message across the globe, but just to 10,000 people. It doesn't have to be millions of people because I know that the work that I do in the world is able to um, to elevate other people. And it starts within the home. It really does. Um, and that's and that's another message that I, my hope is, is to, to reach as many kids as we can, because it does start very, very young. You know, with all the all the crimes that have been happening and all the shootings, it's, you know, some, one of the, those children have been, they were lacking something. That's why they had to act out. So, um, you know, I, I, I raise a child who is, he's, who's a teenager and um, he's seen his father go in and out of prison um, and also uh, go into in, in and out of mental hospitals. So mental wellness is like a huge topic within our home. Um, and we talk about that all the time. Um, I'm very, very, um, I, I love to communicate with my son a lot. You know, him and I have a very, very special bond. Um, you know, he's like my little, he's like my little twin flame. Like if you, if like the flame was like growing so big, if you split it in half, it's just like me, you know? And um, it's just, it's, it's having a strong bond with my, with, with our children. And that's, um, 
you know, that's, I think that's a lot of adults need to, to get their act together. Number one. Um, and then, um, and then pay attention to their kids. Um, and especially when, you know, when I, I see this time and time again with addicts in recovery all the time, they're just, we're just so selfish and self-centered, you know, it's like, it's all about us. It's like, Oh my gosh, like, oh, I can't stop drinking. I can't use, I can't stop doing all of this, but I'm like, but how about the people that you're affecting around your kids are being affected right now so bad. And I, and, and by God's grace in the universe and source, like I was able to come to, and I figured, I figured out the, the secret, you know, a long, long time ago. And so it's, it's, it trickles into my family too. So it's fascinating. And again, uh, because of your story, because of what you have experienced, you're able to articulate this in ways that are, are very useful and helpful for people. So, I mean, 10,000 people, that's that's a rookie numbers, girl. We'll get that with this show. We're going we're gonna to bump them up, you know, because that's one of those biggest things. It's not that your goals are uh, too high and you're missing them. It's that you're too low and you're hitting them. We're going to get you to 100,000. I'm going to go ahead and say that right here. 100,000 of your aligned people to be members of your project here. And I don't think anybody would disagree with that. That that even in itself is kind of a rookie number in my mind. You've got just such a great message. You've got a lot of heart behind what you're talking about. And that is something that's so attractive is your authenticity to really want to help people. And that is something that needs the spotlight. And so I'm grateful, again, that we're having this communication. So when we talk about like uh, possibilities, you know, a lot of people feel that what's what's available to them is kind of capped or there's a ceiling to this. Number one, do you feel that that's true? And number two, if not, how do we create limitless possibilities for ourselves? That's a very unique question. And I sometimes, because of the transformational work that I do in the world, um, I what I always say is that um, in transformational development, it's 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 a very nonlinear process. It really is. And it's almost unrecognizable. You know, you and I just met, you know, just 15 minutes ago, but I feel like I know I've known you for, for a very long time. But the only reason why I know you is because I've created a space of nothingness. And if we, if I don't, you know, a lot of times um, we, uh, as adults, we, we walk around this with our 10, 10 year old stories all the time. And I, because of the work that I do um, in the world and in my own life, um, I've been able to figure out what that story looks like and just really compartmentalize it. And just that that's no longer, it no longer serves me. And, um, and being able to create from coming from uh, a, a place of nothingness, you can create anything. You know, if I say love it and love falls out of my mouth, if I say chair, chair is going to fall out of my mouth and, and, and anything that we say we can create. And, and that's what the um, limitless possibilities can look like really at the end of the day, because um, a lot of people are, are really, really held back by our self-limited limiting beliefs and whatnot. And I mean, we, it's, it's so cliche to talk about, but it, it is so true, right? At the end of the day, we're just so held back with our, um, like all the negativity, um, relationships with family. Sometimes when I speak to people and whether I'm coaching them or if I'm just in a conversation with them, I, I really pay attention to what they're saying. It's like, where is this coming from? Who am I actually talking to? Am I speaking to their mom right now? Am I speaking to their 
their coworker? What does that relationship look like? Um, but again, to, for me, um, my experience in order to create unlimited possibilities is just to create come from a place of nothing. I really had no expectations on, you know, you said 100,000 people. I'm like, okay, I know I'll get to that. I know I will get there, but I need to get to that 10,000 people mark first, because I know that the work that I will do is going to affect so many people out there. And they're just going to carry the message through me and around me, above me for past, present and future. Hell yeah. Well, add a few more to your list. So we're already, we're already there with you. So I love this now. Uh, and you've mentioned it earlier and I just definitely wanted to touch on this is self-actualization because this is how you get from that place of nothing, from that place of just stripping it all down, you know, in terror, they call it the tower moment. And, you know, there's all sorts of indicators that that is how you like, that's how you know that you're really about to level up is when everything just goes to crap. Right. And so creating from that space is a beautiful way to move into this next thing that you definitely stripped all the stuff away to achieve just the opportunities for and this is where you find all the open doors and everything but this really achieves you uh, or offers you rather the opportunity to realize self-realization self-actualization and that's the place that you create from so tell me about your definition of self-actualization and have you found it or not i would say yes absolutely um a hundred thousand percent um i I'd like to share that because I've been doing the work of in recovery and anybody that that has been in re, when we call it recovery or living a sober life as a sober member of, um, you know, the 12 step program. Um, we are if we're really doing the work, we're actually looking at our we take inventory of everything um, and it's you know, we can learn different programs within a day. You can go and take a workshop and you can learn it for a day or two or two weeks. But the the goal here is this, and, and the, the trick is, is to take what you've learned and you have to live it for the rest of your life. It's, it's like a never ending, um, uh, you know, it's, it's never ending. It's always going to be growth. It's also always going to be transforming as well. Um, so years ago, uh, when I first came and, and I just, I ended up like, you know, um, I'll say this online, but, you know, I broke all my pipes and I dumped my baggie of my, the, the, the drugs down the toilet. This was like 20 years ago, October 22nd, 2002. That's when I did that. And that's the only thing that I did perfect, right? <laughs> Everything else has been really never been tiptoeing through tulips at all. Life has been really, really hard. It goes up and down. I've had cancer. I've had, um, you know, I've, I've had deaths in the family. I've had friends that had just um, two years ago, for example, uh, had just done his uh, TED talk. Um, and he was out there on a mission to talk about suicide. And during COVID last year, he ended up, you know, committing suicide. He jumped off a cliff. Mm. So, so my heart goes out to anybody that's sick and suffering today. Um, but how I got to a place of self-actualization, Brandon, is the, the legwork in, in the recovery programs that I've done. I have, I, I belong to, and I, and I practice all kinds of things. Like I, I realized that I had a problem with, um, you know, body dysmorphia. You know, I had like, I, every time body dysmorphia is like when you look in a mirror and you're never satisfied and something's wrong with you all the time, you know, um, and maybe it's because you were told that you were not good enough ever since you were a kid. I've had that, I've had food issue, like food problems. I've had codependency. 
I have had pornography issues too. Like I've, I was so addicted to the internet, um, anything that kept me high and distracted. So, um, and one of the things I always say to people is that, you know, multi-billion dollar marketing uh, budgets for these companies on social media keeps us distracted. It really does. And, and there's no, there's no way to get away from it. And as long as you, you, you realize that, that that's the problem. So, uh, when when I started doing um, you know the, the the work, let's just say there there's a there's what we call the fourth step. The fourth step is basically taking all your inventory, and you write it down, and then you you turn it over to someone like a mentor, a spiritual guide, or whatnot. And at, when you turn you turn your fourth over to the fifth, you're supposed to take it and burn it, like do a little burning session, like a seance and stuff, and go. Okay, now I'm done. I told someone all my deep and darkest secrets, and I can just move on with my life. Well, I did not burn it. I ended up saving all of it. And I decided um, a couple of years ago, I said, this, this is actually, it's all the work that I've done. It's just too juicy. I, I need to get it out on the market so I can share it with people. So I took my fourth step. There was like four copies of it, like different, different versions of, of my fourth step. I put it into the book and I basically launched my fourth step into the market. And people were like, oh my gosh, Kathy just put her fourth step in the market. And, and that's just like deep, dark secrets that you never want to tell anybody. It's like, those are the things that you want to take to the grave. And I basically put it onto the market. And, um, and, the, and I always say, you know, the truth has set me free. It really, really has. And so, um, so, you know, like self-actualization every, every single day, Brandon, I learn more things about myself. Like I, I am, I'm brave enough to like, to sit here and just talk talk, share. I'm not even sure what, how this conversation is going to evolve, but I'm just like, so excited. I get to, I get to be with somebody new. I get to share my voice. I get to, um, get to do all of this. You know, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of clarity in my life too. And, um, you know, and, and again, I think what really put the, um, the, the nail in the coffin in terms of self-actualization is that I put something, I published it and now I just have to add to it and learn more. You know, I just, I want to continue to learn, you know, just learn, you know, where I've come from so I can learn to help other people. So that's, you know, I mean, I guess that's in a nutshell, but that's a lot. <laughs> well, it's outstanding. And it, uh, no, it was, it was very well put because this is, this is part of the thing. I mean, really you being able to know yourself to, I mean, Aaron publish your fourth step. I mean, that's huge. That That's a really big deal. That's something my buddy Dewey Taylor calls uh, really stepping into your discomfort zone. And that is a lot different than just stepping out of your comfort zone because you can step out of your comfort zone that much and it's not that big a deal. What you did was really take a full plunge into being, you know, a true exercise in authenticity. And it actually benefited you in ways that you didn't predict, which were amazing. I mean, that that is so cool. How many people reached out to you after that, not only in shock, but kind of, um, you know, regaling your, your openness to reveal that kind of stuff? I mean, did you get a lot of people that you didn't expect kind of reaching out going, oh my God, that is so cool. You did that. Um, thank you for being so brave because you've given to me kind of the confidence to move forward with mine as well. Oh my gosh, absolutely. There was so many, um, I was, I wasn't shocked because I kind of knew what was going to happen as soon as I put my book and the way that I put the book together, there's so much solution in that book. It's so meaty. It takes a long time. You know, I always tell people just grab a highlighter and, you know, as, as you're reading it, and if you see something that resonates with you, just start and 
highlighted, you know, so the, and, and I said, if you need to talk about it, feel free to use my language. It's all about language. It's developing language to figure out like where, what is going on. And I'm just, I'm so grateful that I have so many different language sets, you know, coming from corporate America. I work with a lot of people that, that, that you know, are, are six figure income earners, right? Multi-millionaires and um, company owners. I, I have a, I have a CEO that just sold um, one of his companies off for over $800 million. And he decided that he was going to go buy a five-star hotel, you know, and it's like, these are like, all right, sounds good. You had an extra $400 million to spare and you went and go bought, you know, a hotel, you know, and it's like conversations like that. But I knew that it was going to really disrupt what, um, my my business, but in a very powerful, profound way to engage in engage a new level of authenticity and vulnerability. Because there's a lot of people that don't talk about um, why the, the whole corporate burnout, for example. People are like, oh, I'm just so corporate. You know, there's a lot of corporate burnout. I'm working too much. But at the end of the day, a lot of people bring their junk and their baggage into work and they can't, they're basically, it's their way down with all the stuff that the, the life stuff that's happening. So when I'm on the phone with uh, my clients, I'm always diving really, really deep. I go far and wide and really deep, really fast. And they're like, wow, you relate to me. And I said, yeah, because I've been you, I hear you. I hear this pain that you're not saying, you know, and it's just, it's so, um, it's just so profound. So when I when I actually published the book, I posted it on LinkedIn and LinkedIn is a workspace, right? It's for all the professionals and people that have known me for the past 24 years in my business were like, wow, I remember the time when that's what happened to you. No wonder you gained all that weight. No wonder you disappeared. No wonder all of these things. And, and it's so interesting too, because I, I shared with these individuals, I said, you know what? It took me a long time to develop my own story because what I do for people is I share their stories so that they can find jobs. I am a storyteller for others. But when people ask me, hey, Kathy, how are you doing? I didn't even know how to answer that question. Mm. How am I doing? Really? You know, and so I, I was able to finally start sharing my story. And when I started sharing my story, it just started healing me even more. Um, and and just to cap it off, the, the reason why I wrote the book the way I did was... Um, I, I had to go to a psychiatrist. I had some some uh, things that I that were obsessive, um, very intrusive thoughts, um, you know, just from some relationship stuff that was happening. And I had, you know, I've had miscarriages and I've had abortions and all of that. And I just didn't feel good about myself, you know, and, and in being in the relationships that I was in, it was traumatizing. So I went to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist said, um, before you come in, I need you to write down five little traumas and five big traumas. And, um, and so I, I wrote those, these traumas down and I'm like, oh my gosh, 
some of these traumas, I thought that I let go during the fifth step. I thought when I handed over, I'm like, I need to know more about what happened, what really, really happened to me. So I took these secrets, these five big secrets, and I put it in the book. And then I took everything else, like the solution, like how I, how I walked on fire with Tony Robbins twice, you know, how I went, you know, to hang out with the shamans and how I, you know, how I did all these drugs and alcohol. And I went down these alleyways that were just so dark and so, so, um, so out of character for an Asian American, you know? So it's just, it was just a very, um, very amazing um, way to put it out in the market. But a lot of professionals looked at it and they're like, you know what, Kathy, we need to talk to you because of a lot of our employer, our employees are struggling with the same thing, but they're so afraid of talking about it. So I, I, I'm really excited to share live right now with you that um, my very first um, candidate that I placed uh, over 20 years ago, she reached out. She's actually working for a multi-billion dollar organization and she's asked me to come and speak to, um, I, I think th her group alone is a thousand Asian professionals and to talk about my story, my, my traumatic story of addiction and how I, how I was able to thrive and continue to stay, be, be a professional. But like, who would have thought like this former drug addict now it's like, I can go speak to like a very large investment company, you know? It's it's huge, and what you said there is um, perfect. Uh, and congratulations, by the way. I think that's so cool. So that's amazing. Uh, and what what you're offering people though is a glimpse into the truth, into realism. And this is what I think is going on here with the energies lately. This is the era of authenticity. That is what people crave. You know, you you threw your stuff out there. And, against all of your preconceived notions, you know, like everybody, you want everything to be perfect and polished and, you know, all of that. But what's so great about this is that you showed everybody that you're not a finished product, that you're still working on stuff and that you can be open and vulnerable with your audience. And that that's so attractive because it's authentic. I'm telling you, this is like the way we're going. And those people that were so scared to speak up, they, they want to, though. It's inherent in them. And so they get that fuel from you. And you know that on small ways, they're making these types of impacts in the, you know, tending their own garden, they're definitely at least filtering a few of these ideas out in the ways that they can, even maybe like subliminally and things like that. But you've really empowered folks to just really get out there and just go for it. If nothing else, you've given people, you know, like the law of one, there's somebody out there who at least has gone through some things that I have. And so therefore what's available for her, which is all these boundless opportunities that you've created for yourself, that's also available for me. So they're not a broken, you know, story or used up or anything. Everybody is right where they should be. And this is one of the most interesting, I guess, just psychological observations to kind of come to is really wherever you are right now is perfect. That's exactly where you need to be. And the more things are falling apart in your life, great. That means that all the great stuff is right behind it. You know, that old darkest for the dawn thing. Now, um, I'm curious because you did mention Shaman. Uh, we, you know, um, are big fans of the conversation about psychedelics and things like that. And I also wanted to ask you in that vein on your recovery. Now, whenever you say recovery, is this something that you think that you're constantly in recovery? Because I, I wanted to ask you about a 
kind of, again, just this idea <clears throat> that especially in 12-step programs, people will say, uh, I'm an alcoholic, but you quit drinking 30 years ago. So in some people's opinions, that that kind of perpetuates this um, not good enough type of a thing. Like you weren't good enough or strong enough to heal it on your own. So you constantly remind yourself with the label because labels are super important. And so somebody that's hadn't touched alcohol in 30 years still calls themselves an alcoholic. Uh, what do you think of that type of uh, treatment? Do you agree with oh, that? Oh, yes. No, I, I love that question. Thank you for bringing it up because it because um, the recovery space has been so important, um, so pivotal in my life, in my transformation as well. Um, I, I guess I'll just tell you a little story. Um, so I consider myself as a recovered addict, a recovered alcoholic or whatever. I have recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body and spirit people that if you, and they say you know they say in our space in our um in our our world and our communities if you're not in active recovery then you're just in active addiction mm. okay so there's just it's it, it's we live in a world of duality right there's it's cold and hot and whatnot but but if you're not in active recovery and also um, the I am statement is very, very important. And a lot of people come in very confused as well. And they say, well, yeah, you haven't touched a drug in 20 years. Why do you keep calling yourself an addict or a recovered addict? Or why do you keep talking about this? Well, because the program is designed that way. The minute you consider or when, the minute you say even if you come back into a meeting or whatnot, if you say that you are an addict, it's it's the it's designed as identification. And that's all in order to carry the message. So when you get to step number 12, you're carrying the message to another person that needs your help, that doesn't know that there is help out there. So I have a very, very high level of respect for, um, you know, the founders of, um, you know, the 12 step program, you know, they, they, they were, um, you know, they did hit their bottoms, but they were bankers and they were doctors, you know, and these people were just like, there's something about this that we need to figure out and how, um, you know, essentially, um, we need to figure this out. And abstinence was the way. And so what I've learned in my own recovery is that I need to abstain from it. And, and the only way that I can, um, if I continue to abstain from a certain, you know, something, then I can continue to live an emotionally sober life. Um, there's, you know, I've, I've used to say before all the time is, uh, you know, I've removed all the chemical dependencies away, but when you're, when you remove chemical dependencies, you're just left with a bunch of emotions you don't know what to do with. And, you know, people get really addicted. I use the word high. I can get high off of everything. I can get high off of like this phone, this conversation right life, now. I'm like, man. so <laughs> like, I'm so excited to be here. You know, yeah. I can get high off of sugar. You know, I'm, I'm a sugar addict, right? Right. I mean, there's people who can just get go off on off the rails, but I think it's just a, a level of awareness. But but also the identification is um, it is kind of our moral code, like our code as well to help another person. And and if and again, going back to um, being of service and I and, and I and I know that the reason why I'm, I've been very successful in a lot of my endeavors is because I come from a, a servant heart, you know, even though 
um, you know, I mean, and that's what, that's what God wants. Right. And that's what the universe wants. And I grew up as a Buddhist and, you know, I've kind of found my way. I was the, the seed of, um, you know, some other religious programs and, and, um, affiliations came to my life, but I really believe that there is, there is some greater force. We are not alone here. <laughs> you know, there is something out here and I'm, I can't do this alone. And so, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, uh, just really grateful that I get to identify, you know, as this person. And I, and I do, I'm, you know, unfortunately I, I do, I, I break my anonymity all the time. I'm going, oh my gosh, I'm a food addict too. I think I can help you. It's like that whole me too movement, right? When somebody says, oh, I'm having a problem. Oh, I'm having a problem. Now, like you're <laughs> like your best friends and you can help the other person. So that makes me, it brings me a lot of joy that I have a lot of solution for people to, and I can offer that to them. Is is this an active battle for you? Because I like, just personally behind the curtain here, I quit drinking um, after drinking since I was eighteen uh, a year ago, and I have no desire like whatsoever. Like it's not something I need to be actively battling constantly. It was just like, oh, okay, I'm done with that now, and I moved on to other things. So, do you find that this is a constant like uh, pull for you in that direction? Because I have no desire whatsoever to have any drinks of alcohol whatsoever. Oh my God. You sound just like me right now. I, I, and I love that you said that I have no desire to drink at all too. Like I can walk right past, I can hang out with my sisters. I can see my siblings, my family, and they can just be drinking and ordering. And I'm just like sitting here, just like really happy for them. I'm glad that they can, you know, they can drink, you know, and, and who knows what if they have a problem too. But I mean, that's, that's none of my business, but, um, but I have, I do, I do not have any desire today. I, I get so fulfilled in so many other ways, even um, seeking knowledge, not like, you know, I'm just an avid learner too. I, I have learned so much in my life. Um, you know, I, even though my grades in college were just so bad, you know, after I graduated, I was like, oh my gosh, there, there's so much, uh, so many other things to learn. And, and there's just so many unique people um, in and out of my life. Um, you know, I've had so many different types of relationships out there. And um, I, and I just, I, I just love, um, um, I love getting to know people too. Um, and then of course, you know, I'm a recruiter, so I'm very inquisitive. I'm very, very curious about people. Um, I'm very fascinated by the human mind and the human potential, you know, like we can, we can do anything we want. We really can. I, I could not agree with you more. And I share your enthusiasm for this. Uh, it's this, you, you and I get lit up uh, by the same things. This is simple things. And I, I like that, but it's, it's real um, base and core. You know, we're not like arguing about uh, which team won the game, which is fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. We have like real base, like let's, let's talk about real things. And that's what lights us up. That's a real uh, altruistic quality. So I can get why you're so successful, uh, you know, and you mentioned potential. And so this is something that's uh, really interesting to me as well. You know, I mean, the state of potential is just, of course, I mean, in physics, it just means like it could have some cool stuff going on, but it's not yet because it's not going anywhere. So what's some advice that you've got to take us from these folks that feel like they're stuck in this perpetual potential and really put something kinetic behind it to get some energy moving forward? Mm, I love that question. Um, so I'll have to say that for so many years, I was enslaved in a, a mental prison 
for so long. I mean, there was just so much shame and so much guilt. A lot of things that I, I did, I never, I would be like, Oh my gosh, my parents ever knew like, and I would, these are the things that I would just take to my grave. You know, um, I lived a very, uh, sheltered life. Um, I was extremely lonely. I was, um, you know, even though I had two siblings, I was, I was kind of tasked to be there, you know, to be their caretaker because my mom was dealing with her own depression as well. And, um, I just, again, just coming from a, you know, just fear. And then, um, you know, something that I've said to, to people, it's like, we always, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence all the time. And it's weird that I would even say this, but I, I grew up wanting my parents. I wanted to say that I came from a divorced household and I was so angry that my parents never divorced (laughs) and they're still together. Right. And I wanted, and I was like, I was so, I would go to my friend's house and I'm like, wow, that's so fascinating. I want my parents to divorce too. Like, how is it like, you know, having divorced parents? But again, it's just even those, those little, the, the little details. Right. But, um, but yeah, I, so I, because of, of being enslaved in this mental prison for so long, I have, I, I, I've been able to, to break free from it. And I know what, I know what freedom looks like today. You know, I, it feels so good. It feels so, um, you know, um, I just, I have like, I, I have, I have like a lot of self-respect today and, um, you know, just knowing that I, you know, I can put one foot in front of the other and I am not going to go down like the rabbit hole, you know? Yes. I mean, I, I do have obsessive compulsive thinking and I, I could go down the rabbit hole, but I don't stay down there very long. Um, but I, today I, um, I, I know I can just do anything that I put my mind to and people trust me today. That's one of the things, you know, when, when you, I, I, like I grew up with a lack of trust. I didn't trust my parents were going to stay even keeled. Like I, I, I felt like my parents were always going to fly off the handle and they were going to, I was always filled with like um, anxiety and, you know, just like, like, feeling like never safe at home, you know, emotionally safe. Cause I was, I, you know, I, I don't want to call it a, my, my parents were emotionally abusive because that's just so cliche to say, but they were abusive. Like <laughs> they were, Sorry, they but- just had no idea. They would just, um, they didn't know how to raise us because they were just, they were teenagers, but I, I was able to break through. I was able to break through that, you know? Um, but to, to love and accept myself. That's, that's how I was able to get to a place of, you know what, if I can love and, and, and protect myself from all the crap that I've been through my life, I can do pretty much anything. Yeah. That's, that's your test. That's, that's how, you know, and you know, you're going to be, I don't like to say tested by the universe because it's kind of like you anyway, right at the level, but really that's what it is. It's like, okay, you say that you want this, here you go. You know, and I've said this before, my grandmother used to say, oh, never pray for patience, honey, because you don't get patience. You get a bunch of crap that's going to teach you to be patient. Right. So you would actually attract like a situation in which you are invited to practice that. And so it's not going to be pleasant. Right. And so, you know, and even that it's like, you know, just kind of, you know, watch what, what you're looking for here. Now, uh, something I wanted to ask you about as well is, um, again, back to the psychedelics thing, we, um, have talked about, um, ayahuasca plant medicines and things like that. Have you ever embarked on any of those journeys? 
I have not. One of my friends, even though I've been presented that opportunity a lot, um, like even in my act of recovery, you know, I've, I've had friends that says, hey, Kathy, you want to try it? You know, if you want to go down that path, um, I just I don't know. I, I think I've already been to the I've been to that side already. You know, mm. I've, I've been there. I can see that. I, I know I know what it's like because I've done I've done a lot of, of drugs in the past. You know, I've, I've taken a lot of ecstasy, um, you know, just for days and stayed up and completely gotten really delusional. Oh, yeah. And um, and, you know, I've, I've already been to that side. I, I didn't need to get any higher than that. But I know it. <laughs> that's something that would be very interesting. If I ever broke my sobriety, that would be it. Well, and this is why I asked is actually because that that's why I asked, because, yes, you are uh, sober and yes this is technically an altered state but i mean so is sugar so is you know uh, holding your breath for too long so is going outside and spinning around with your arms out and getting dizzy and falling down like that's an altered state right and so the benefits though of ayahuasca in in the sense of just psychology and what it really allows you to do by getting you in this hyperactive state your you know uh, senses are expanded into these parts of you that you were in these excited states whenever trauma occurred <clears throat> and it gets you back to that state so you can grab that little piece and deal with it you know and they're usually like way over there they're outside of your normal operating kind of bandwidth you know and so this is why ayahuasca is so beneficial and it's not you know i mean even terence mckenna said if you use dmt more than once a year you're a heavy heavy user and so this is not a recreational thing this is not something you just do to get high and sit around and party it is an actual recovery medication ayahuasca specifically now iboga or ibogaine the synthetic version of it is really great for recoveries for addicts and so that's another thing i was curious about you know if you ever did go back down that road you know would that be something that you tried uh, but you know i may and i mean we can have a conversation about this off here because i know the director of the ayahuasca foundation down in Iquitos, peru it's something i i think you would get a great amount of benefit from just simply because of the observation and just because you you know engage in different exercises here but i will strongly also get it out of your mind that it's a party drug or that it's meant to have fun it is a recovery tool and that's that's yeah. it Yes. No, thank you. I have a lot of friends that, um, you know, I, I have taken uh, a, a lot of transformational development programs and, you know, and, and I, I've, I, I look up to them and they're just amazing human beings. And they're also global humanitarians or humanitarians as well um, out to just help so many people and uh you know they they're just amazing human beings and and they would come back from their um you know their little adventures and tell me all about it and i'm just so fascinated by it too um it just it's you know i i i get my i get my 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 little kick from doing what we're doing now you know just like again just you know um staying connected and and being related to people but i completely relate to um what you're talking about yeah, absolutely. So if you're ever curious, you know, we can, t I'll, I'll go down there with you. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so, you know, I, I am curious about your book. I definitely want to talk about your book, The Journey. So um, let's talk about your book, The Journey. What is your favorite part about that book? I would say, I guess writing the book, um, it, I was trying to figure out like the best way to put my, all the solution together and my story, because it does, it, it's almost like if when you read it, 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 it feels like a feature film. It really does. There's like an opening and talks about when we, we had escaped Vietnam and, you know, moved here and how we grew up, who my parents were, all these little moments in time. Um, I, 
I would say just uh, the writing part was a beautiful part, but I love the fact that towards the end, the very tail end um, of publishing the book a month and a half, I changed the entire theme of the book. <laughs> to <just laughs> not? I changed and I, I actually, first it was just going to be Kathy's Kathy Trin's story, right? Just like the story of Kathy Trin's life. But then I said, Hmm, I wonder what, like the world, what, what would happen if I just, uh, if I, I themed it something that was really important to me because I have been often when I was in prior relationships, people would say, Kathy, you need to just slow down. Like you need to slow down because you're just moving too fast. You're just like missing the mark here and there you're cutting corners. And I, I would, you know, and I mean, I, I had a, I had a Camaro and the rim of the Camaro had scuffs on it every single rim because i'm so distracted all all the time just driving and they're like gosh you have like the seventy thousand dollar car and the car is like damaged i'm like i don't even know how that happened but but the end of the book or the end of the writing process of the book came out so perfectly because um a month prior to um you know, finding the publisher, I themed the book, Mastering the Art of Slowing Down in Life. And then a month later, COVID happened. And, and I was just like, nice. oh my gosh, this is like the, it was so themed so perfectly. And I believe in God, like the universe's divine timing. Everything happens, Brandon, exactly and precisely the way it's supposed to happen. Like our conversation right now, even the fact that I've got the same microphone as you and we're hanging out and we're doing this was supposed to happen. Even the cancer that I was diagnosed in 2018 had to have happened in order for me to have a book to write. There was a chapter in there and to have all these other conversations it was like the domino effect. You can't go back in your life. You can't change the, 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 the left turn to the right turn at all. Like there's no nothing that could have happened different for you and I to be together right now. I truly believe that. And it's not because it's fate or destiny or anything like that. I just, I believe that we're just here and we're exactly where we're supposed to be here. A hundred percent. And um, I'm a big fan of divine timing as well. And you know, it's so funny that you mentioned this as well, because all of the things that create us, who we are, this tapestry, this rich background of experiences that really shape us into who we are, they suck. Like all of the greatest things that's ever happened, all the greatest transformations in anyone's life. And I'm sure all of us can agree with this. Those moments suck ass. But getting through them in a hurry and wishing them away is where you kind of detach from the process of the experience that's going to be valuable later in your articulation of it because you really went into that pit. You sat in that, you know, bones and all and felt everything about it. And that's what makes you uh, remarkable, inspiring and relatable. And so when people really want to kind of ignore those parts of their lives, that's where the greatest hope like that's where your greatest change happens and so I'll, I'll encourage anybody listening right now because I'm, I'm just on the other side of one of these big transformational uh, time periods and I know a lot of energies right now a lot of folks are feeling this uh, you know hang in there because then that's the the worse the fall you know or the more intense is the higher the indicator that you're right on the other side of greatness and that that is going to be something you're going to want to write down because it's going to be in your book later called the journey which is awesome side question um, who would play you in the journey the movie 
my gosh. You I pick, haven't anybody. Even thought of that yet. No, but we, you know, we did, I did reach out to a couple of um, screenplay writers and um, we did have right before um, the, the pandemic and the world shut down. Um, I did put together a production team. Um, we had our executive producer and we, uh, you know, had the screenplay writer and, and all that. And we were beginning to start our auditioning um, individuals for my role. And I, don't we don't know who it would be yet but i would be just so excited for whoever wants to take on this role um it's a very unique position because i feel like i'm a very unique person i have so many different so many different versions of me like i'm sitting here and i you know i feel very uh casual and relaxed with you but then you know when we're you know i'm in my work mode um you know i can i can certainly um hang out with investors all day long too um but but who who i am is just you know i think you nailed it with the authenticity you know just somebody that's really vulnerable and i'm just like really I just have a lot to love. I, I have a lot of love to give, you know, I, I want to love on everybody, you know? I and, love that you um, said that. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's exciting. I, but I, to answer your question, I don't know. I don't know. You know, this may be a cool manifestation exercise for you is to go ahead and cast your movie with the perfect cast that you want. Like go ahead and have all the characters that are in your actual story that you may want to make sure make it to the screen for, for the context and then cast it. Like see, you know, um, maybe that's like a manifestation that you can do. Go ahead and cast your movie and then maybe that'll bring it closer because you're already like committing you're like oh yeah they're so funny and i know the way they take their coffee you know because i went and hung out with them on set you know that kind of thing maybe that'd be fun that sounds amazing i i, I think that will be the next um but definitely the next thing is um to to find um the the speaker calls for um or the the right platform on on the ted talk so i i'd love to do that next you know sometime this year um i did have an opportunity to go speak um um, in Canada, but the uh, speaker organizer, he ended up retiring. So he's like, here's all the notes and this is how you get on and, and this is what you're supposed to do. So, um, but yes, definitely uh, a movie is um, at some point is going to be in the making too. So. Hell yeah. Well, I, if, if we can be of service in any way, please just let me know. I'd love that. And I've, I've had a gentleman on that we just became really good friends, a guy named Mel Schwartz. He's been on uh, Ted a couple of times. I'll, I'm going to send you all a connection email. He's so cool. Oh, You're going to love you. him. He's a psychologist. Okay. Uh, so uh, before we wrap here, I just had a couple of final questions here for you. I, I want to talk to you about this mastery of slowing down with... A lot of the concepts that we talk about here with, you know, driven workforces, with all of that, they're go, 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 go. And that can yield a certain set of results, uh, perhaps like a cocktail of distress, anxiety and a, an opioid addiction, you know, at some level. But, you know, this art of slowing down, this just relax, this breathe, that's what is so appealing about that to you? Um And I'll speak for myself first. Sure. Um, we we live in a. Um, an adrenaline-fueled society. And I lived in a very frantic um, pack up your stuff and leave. Um, and it just constantly in fear. And I think another thing too, which I, I 
typically don't talk a lot about just because of the out of, out of respect for my ex-husband who is now he's actually doing great you know he's Good. been out of prison now for a couple of years so I'm, I'm just so proud of him you know and his trajectory but um but yeah i mean living with somebody that had bipolar manic depression was a very 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 challenging because you just never knew how, or i never i didn't know how to get off the roller coaster it was just always up and down and um i lived a very frantic life um, not only I had to handle um, my, uh, you know, my home life, I, I was suffering through, you know, my my weight gain, my weight losses, my own my own uh, food addictions, but also having to manage um, my work, too. And there was just no work life balance. Um, but from a from a slowing down standpoint, I I'll uh, I'll share with you um, about six years ago. I uh, I was watching I was watching this show. It's called Revenge, and I think we were on the thirty sixth episode. And uh, and Bay says, I wonder what uh, you know what episode are we on? What time frame is this? And I and I looked at the screen, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but when you say something prior to it happening, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, that's like alignment right there, you know, synchronicities. And I said, you know what, babe, I'm like, I think it's, um, I think it's present day. And the minute I said that the words showed up on the screen. So immediately a lot and a lot of my tattoos are, are of that nature. When something happens, I have to go get, get it stamped on my body so I can remember that it happened. So I have, I do have a tattoo here. It's backwards here, but it does say present day. So when I see this present day tattoo on, and I've never showed this on screen, but before, but, uh, but when I see this, I just know that we're here right now. When I talk to someone and they're like, do, well, do you remember what happened last year or last, you know, do, oh my gosh, tomorrow is going to become, and I'm just so afraid of, them. I'm like, well, what day is it today? And they're like, hmm, I think Thursday. I'm like, no, it's right now Yeah. today. Let's just stay in today. Um, so I, I came up with this idea and I, I did write it in my book too. And it's, it's the idea of having, being able to slow down so that you can experience extremely beautiful moments in your life. Because a lot of times when we're so distracted, moments just flee by or fly by and they're like, they're gone and you don't remember it, but they happened. So um, there is an idea and a concept that I came up with and, um, and, and it's called the holy moments. So when you, when you hear the word holy, it sounds very religious, but I did break the, the word holy down into an acronym. So the first, um, the H is actually for holistic moments in your life that you can create, you know, holistically, you can go eat or like, you know, feed yourself with, um, you know, like uh, holistic healing and all that. But because you're present, you can actually experience a holistic moment for yourself. And then the O you can imagine would be an organic moment. So this conversation is extremely organic for me, you know, and it's very, you and I are very, it's, or it's an organic uh, introduction as well through our, my, you know, our, um, our friend Grace. Mm -hmm. And um, so we have organic moments, but again, if we were present as we are now, we can actually full, it, it feel it in, in, um, in, uh, in, in HD, you know, it's like, it's real and it's the reality of it right here. Um, so I'm, I just, I, I just, I just cherish organic moments like this so much. And then the L you can imagine it would be 
for little moments in life. You've had these little moments, a little piece of the puzzle from the, a pie from a long time ago. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, do you remember that thing that happened like five years ago? That was a moment that I remembered and it was a little moment, but it actually, it, it came full circle. Now it's like part of this, like this monumental moment of, of in your life that you've realized. And I was, and I, and I love this last one. And I feel like I'm having a why moment with you right now. This is a moment that I've yearned my entire life to be on a really extraordinary podcast with a, an incredible human being that is of like-minded. It's like, I see you because it's almost like this level of intimacy, right? It's into me. You see, I'm letting you into me. You see, it's like intimacy. And a lot of people, um, you know, I, I don't want to say Americans, but Americans, we have a hard time. We're all sheltered in our own homes. There's no, like even bumping each other into each other at a grocery store. We don't even say hi to each other. And sometimes I'm like, I intently look at people in the eyes. I'm like waiting for them to look at me because I just want to get connected. And when we get connected, we can actually get related. So if you take the word relationship, and you extract the word relate from it. So it's we're just trying to relate to people. And that's why a lot of people bump heads all the time because they're not trying to relate to other people. They're just like, they're talking to you through their own filter, you know? So they absolutely are. And I love your acronym. I, I love that. And, you know, and I was thinking the only thing you could change is throw a W in front of it and make it holy, you know, like holy <laughs> instead of just holy. Um, but uh, beautiful. I absolutely love that. And it's a, it's a brilliant way that you articulate it. And again, this is, this is why you're so, uh, your mission is so attractive with this is because it's, it's something that it's beautiful and it's, it's common sense, but I mean, common sense is not that common. And so for you again, to be putting yourself out there, to be this voice of reason, to be so eloquent in the way that you approach, you know, your desires and your goals in life. I mean, this is something, again, that's very the trajectory of someone's life, them knowing where they want. Like, that's all you got to do. Decide a goal and micro goals up to it. And, and you'd be shocked whenever you just kind of decide your path. You know, it's that thing from um, Alice in Wonderland when the Cheshire Cat says, if you don't know where you're going, any road will lead you there. And so by you deciding your path based on, you know, your challenges and everything, Again, uh, my friend Dewey, I've just been talking to him a lot lately, so his metaphors, which are on point, uh, I've got to hook you up with him as well. He talks about, you know, your trajectory as a lightning bolt coming from sky to ground. Either way, the lightning bolt is going to hit the ground, right? It just depends on, you know, but it, it takes the path of least resistance. So there's never, you know, you never see a straight line of lightning, right? It's like, it's like going everywhere, you know, it's super quick. But this is kind of a good metaphor track for kind of our lives and how we go. All you got to do is keep keep moving forward. Right. Um, and so again, your mission, uh, and what you're doing is amazing. Um, I definitely wanted to ask you just a couple of fun questions here and then we'll, we'll let it run. Uh, earlier on, you were talking about the client that you had from 20 years ago. Um, you know, uh, going from what he was doing and sold his business to now five star hotel because he had an extra four hundo, uh, 400 million just hanging out there. What would you do a fun just lavish thing that you would buy yourself if you just had that kind of chunk of change lying around? Like, I don't, I mean, like dinosaur egg or jet pack or something like that. Like, what would you get? Oh my gosh. What a fun question. I love it. Um, 
So here's a, well, here's a fun fact, which is actually a real, uh, uh, something that's happening. Um, I, after I received that global humanitarian award, I um, received a call from a publishing company in Vietnam and they, uh, they were, they have been seeking out luminaries. So luminaries are people that have brilliant minds or, you know, people that have changed lives, people's lives. And they've identified me as, as being a luminary. They've asked if I want if they if I wanted to uh, translate my book into Vietnam Vietnamese, and go back to the universities in Vietnam to to speak to young women that need inspiration because that's really needed right now. You know, um, I don't know if you knew this, but Vietnam has um, in 2014 the GDP was only about 50 million 50 billion dollars, and now the GDP for 2021 during the pandemic they closed the the books out at 250 billion dollars so my my homeland is thriving you know vietnam is thriving and um and i didn't know that whenever i think of my homeland i always just think of the little fishing village that i came that i was born in and that's all i can uh, that's all i can think of um but when i guess to if i had an extra 400 million dollars um i would love to purchase a large piece of land in Vietnam and build a fort on it. So I like as large as four, not football fields, but four airplane hangars and just fill it and create like for it's like a hat, like for kids, um, dreamland, you know, send any kid that's been um, traumatized by, you know, even the U.S., um, you know, kids from the U.S., it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter what language the child speaks. You bring them to dreamland so that they can dream. And if they this is would be such a beautiful place and I would secure um, contracts, um, it would be a very philanthropic uh, venture and I would have all the um, all the companies in the world to come and just build little air like little pockets of um, of dreams for kids and send them there, do meditation practices. And again, we don't they don't have to speak the same language. You know, they, there's a huge, there's a very important thing with art, you know, when, with art therapy, it's, it's very interesting because when you, um, when you have kids, you, they, uh, kids can express themselves through art. So we have a lot of creative, creative minds just building this dreamland on a plot of a plot of land in Vietnam. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. That's a great dream. I like your vision because, again, it's altruistic. You're here to change lives and especially the lives of youth that, have, you know, <clears throat> from like our <clears throat> excuse me, uh, from our uh, our upbringing, like you and I, uh, we had some challenging times, you know, and something else I kind of wanted to mention back to something that you said earlier was, you know, that it's interesting how you transcended the hectic home twice. You did it with your parents and in indoctrination when you were walking around on eggshells and same thing with your husband, same scenario. And then now because of those two examples, one where you were raised and one more of a chosen, uh, you, you were able to see it in two different vantage points. And now this is how you're able to articulate the art of slowing down is because you've been bombarded by that, you know, for that good amount of time of your life. So I just wanted to compliment you on that um, alchemy that you created there. Oh, and uh, yeah, and then absolutely to to what you're saying about your goals and dreams. I, I love this. I, I hope you succeed this. And again, if there's any way that we can be of service, please let me know because I'm on board with this idea. Faux show don't. Okay, uh, final question, then I'll let you have the last word on this. What do you think aliens are? What's going on with that? 
I think they're real. I know that we're not, um, we're not alone. There's something that I discovered a long time ago. Um, someone planted the seed in me, an idea that I believe, which holds a lot of truth. Um, there's something uh, called star seeds. <laughs> and um, I just feel that whole idea of being, you know, there's, there's individuals here, you know, on the planet that have, um, that can actually see into the future. I feel, I don't want to, I guess I'm saying this, um, you know, recorded here, but I feel like I might be a star seed. I do see a lot of things in the future as well, but maybe it's because I am the future. I have, I am a, an, an immigrant. There's a lot of refugee immigrants right now stuck in the situation I was stuck in 40, 45 years ago. I am also a cancer survivor. So if I can get on the phone with somebody that who's dealing with just being diagnosed and being treated with cancer, I am their future. I can say, hey, look, you know, I've had thyroid cancer. No, it didn't kill me. So I can help you. I can really, really help you. You know, so I, I, I have, I have lived a lot of lives, but um, to, I guess to not fully elaborate on this, but I, I do, I feel like there's a lot of special beings, you know, even roaming this planet that have, that are, are born here to help others that have the, the veil has not been lifted from their eyes. And um, I think that, you know, I, I feel like you're very, very special too. Uh, you see a lot and I, and I, we both kind of see, you know, see each other. Um, and I'm just, I'm so honored to now be able to be with you and um, hold this mirror up for you to see, to allow you to see how great an extraordinary person that you are too, even though I know you know it, um, but you are, you're so amazing. You're so special, Brandon. I'm just so, so honored. Uh, thank you so much. And again, uh, I'm truly, truly grateful for the kind words. It's very sweet of you. Uh, it took me a long time to be able to have, uh, to be able to receive a compliment like that. And so um, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to practice it and be a mirror to you as well. So uh, this is all amazing. And I love connections like this. Grace is just like this, right? Uh, and he, uh, she actually introduced me to Dewey. So the dude I've been talking about the whole time, this is all through Grace too. So um, Kathy Trent, thank you so much. Like we'll absolutely invite you back. This was an amazing talk. And just thanks again. I really appreciate it all the ways guys of course to find her will be located down in the show notes make sure that you check out her books her website all of it will be linked thank you again kathy you're amazing oh thank you it was wonderful i really enjoyed our conversation want to thank Kathy for coming by and hanging out with this super cool conversation. She is wonderful. All of her books and her podcast and everything like that will be located down in the show notes for you guys to check out. So definitely check her out further. Wonderful conversation, Kathy. Thank you so much for coming on and hanging out. Now, down in the show notes as well is going to be our resource link. So we have Food Force Abundance down there. Definitely get your freedom from fear on. Opus, the organization for paranormal understanding and support, as well as Red Circle. That is who we have recently switched hosting to. We're very excited to partner with them. So definitely check that link out. If starting your own podcast is something that you've been like, man, I don't know if I want to do it. Just do it. It's the coolest damn thing. You get to talk to amazing people like Kathy all the time, and it's just been one of the one of the biggest changes in my life that's made one of the most positive impacts so check the link down there it's titled start your own podcast i believe with all exclamation points because i'm emphatic that anybody that wants to do that should absolutely do that so let's give you a little bit of a boost there with that link also down there guys check out the manifestors guide promo code 
Expanding Reality, all caps, no spaces. It's located down there as well. You can just copy and paste it in at checkout. Gives you 10% off of the already discounted link that he's got down there as well. Uh, the that has absolutely changed my life. So I cannot recommend it more. So highly, highly recommend that guys. Utilize that link. Also while you're down there, expandingrealitypodcast.com. Go ahead and sign up to become an expansive insider. There's a 10% off on that as well if you want to check that out. That's where all the mad amazing bonus conversations that we're having are over there. I just released an incredible one. Go check that thing out as well as the panel series that we're doing, the X panel series and all the collaborations. So it's a wonderful way to value exchange with the show, which is another thing I want to mention. If you find value in this show, go ahead and click the link down there called support the mission and you guys can contribute as little or as much as you'd like. There's no cap on that and that is a massive benefit for all of us moving forward into to a greater, grander version of ourselves. And this puts us on our mission to do more amazing, mind-expanding conversations like this and on to bigger and bigger plans in the future. So definitely check that out, guys. And I'm grateful to everyone who's on board with what we're doing here. And it's just the coolest thing ever. You guys are wonderful. So go out into this incredible place this week, y'all, and just pick up a piece of litter if you see it floating around, as well as buy somebody in line around you a coffee or a meal, something super small, goes a long, long way in the the collective energetically. Also, go ahead and get out of that left-hand lane if you got somebody behind you wanting to pass there. And of course, beyond anything else, go out into this incredibly beautiful place and y'all just be good to one another. Thank you so much for listening, for watching, for engaging, and for being just such an amazing aligned audience. We will see you next time.